On this episode of AV Week, Jack Klein is stepping down as the head of Christie Digital, what that means for the display giant. Also, Biamp is activating 3 billion microphones and the CSI spec and what a working system means to you and your client. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week. Episode 390, recorded Friday, February 15th, 2019. Back pocket. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. And by... Restaurant and by Christy Digital. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, you know her and you love her as AV Dawn. Her name is Dawn Mead. Welcome, ma'am. Thanks so much for having me, Tim. Absolutely. Uh, also with us from uh, Avixa, his name is Brad Grimes. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Tim. Good to see you again. Good to see you, sir. I uh, got to hang out with Brad for a little bit at, at ISC. Uh, Ren Taylor is comes to us from Daylight. Welcome, sir. Great to be here today. Thank you. Thank you, sir. And last but not least, Mr. Mike Abernathy from NSCA. Welcome, sir. Hello. Great to be here. Great to have you, sir. Great to have you. It's a, it's a interesting cross-section we've got this week. Um, our first story comes to us from Sound and Communications. Jack Klein is retiring as chairman, president, and CEO of Christie Digital, effective April 1st of this year. Klein has been with the company for over 40 years. Uh, Christie CFO will take over as chairman and CEO, uh, and actually Klein will, will remain as a consultant for the next year uh, until April of 2020. Klein oversaw a number, number of innovations by Christie, including the initial launch of microtiles and, and the reimagining at ISC this year. Uh, quote, unquote, I am fortunate to have played a critical role in leading the company into the digital age, helping it become a global force in di- digital display technology, Klein said. And as before we continue on, Christie is a, a supporter of AV Nation. Um, Brad, I want to start with you on this. Not only does Brad work for Avixa, but Brad's also been uh, covered the industry uh, for a number of years um, before you joined Avixa. What's what's Klein's legacy going to be? What what is what has Christie done over the last forty years that has has kind of led him and and, and to to say that you know he's been proud to to head this thing up for and and, and the innovations they've done in digital display. Well, clearly, Christie's been a bellwether of the industry for for many years, and if anything, Jack's being—I've never met Jack personally, but he's he's being quite modest in his—you uh, know—he's he's proud of his achievements inside the company. But the company's achieved a lot for this industry, and um, and uh, we've been able to recognize it. A lot of what we believe in right now—that uh, that experiences are what bring us all together, and that uh, AV uh, is uh, is used to create those experiences. Um, you know, Christie reflects that and uh, their technology and the way that AV integrators and end users have applied their technology have uh, been instrumental in keeping uh, a lot of what we do front and center, center in the minds of anybody who experiences AV. So, um, you know, I, I wish him luck and, it, it, you know, Christie and, and Jack have been uh, great contributors to this industry. 
Don, same kind of question. You 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 used to be an integrator, but now you're on the tech man, tech manager side. You know what has that both sides of of, of your AV life meant uh, as far as Christie and, and the impact they've had. I mean, Christie's one of those big brands that just is part. It, it, it's a cornerstone of the industry. You know, there there's when you think of the AV industry, there are certain big brands, big display companies, big projector companies, big control companies that just spring and big audio companies that spring to mind. And Christie's always been one of them. Uh, a couple of things that struck me as I read this, you know, first of all, God bless them 40 years in the same, not just in the same industry, but in the same company, we're going to see fewer and fewer career obits like that in the future because so many people these days go from job to job and and it's just amazing that he was able to do that and leave such a strong legacy as part of the company and you know my own personal little thing i was really happy to see he started in the 70s as sales and marketing <laughs> and then rose to become like you know the king of the world over there so there is hope if you are listening to this and you are one of our marketing or sales folks someday you may own the company uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it proves that you don't have to be an engineer or, or the tech guy to work your way up in, into the leadership positions. Um, you know, anyone with the right attitude and the right wherewithal can do so. And, uh, you know, Mr. Klein, I didn't know him, but I don't know him, but I uh, hope you enjoy your retirement. It sounds wonderful. Yeah, he even said uh, one of the other quotes from the article uh, in Senate Communications, he said he has spent his entire professional career. Uh, with, with Christie. So that is remarkable. Uh, Ren, I'm going to pull you in on this for a, a little bit. Uh, Ren works for Daylight. Daylight has been as a, a part of a, a number of, of mergers and acquisitions over the last five to 10 years. This, this transition, you know, what did the company, what does the company and honestly, what do the employees need in this interim, in this, this succession era between you know, this year and next year? Uh, as you know, like I said, Klein is going to stay on as a consultant to the new CEO. What do they need um, as far as leadership uh, and, and this trans in this transition period. So I think uh, from our experience with uh, Daylight going to Milestone AV Technologies and going into Legrand uh, AV Brands now, uh, becoming much bigger over the last decade, um, open communication has been a really critical thing, especially as um, you're transitioning from one leadership team to another. Um, Additionally, uh, I know Christy is definitely in this boat, um, the valuation of legacy and the valuation of what you've brought to market already, because uh, that can obviously get a little lost when it comes to um, one leadership role moving to another leadership role. And potentially, uh, by the time you get to the third person, you've lost <laughs> the trail that you started off on. Um, when I'm thinking of Christy and our personal relationship that we've had with them as daylight over the years, I came into the industry in uh, 2007, and by that point, they were still viewed uh, back then as one of the benchmarks or a great uh, statement that was made earlier, one of the bellwethers for the industry in terms of digital display. Um, I think one of Jack's uh, biggest contributions that he's made uh, to the overall legacy of Christie has been that 1999 acquisition of uh, electro-home projection systems because mm -hmm. that took Christie from a uh, good company in the industry to what they are now, which is uh, basically the benchmark for digital projection. And as you followed uh, the trends that they've been making, same trends we've been following as well, like RGB laser and high lumen output, these are now things that are synonymous with the industry and these things that happen under his leadership. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mike, as far as the succession plan go, I mentioned the fact that, that, that uh, Mr. Klein is going to stay on for the next year. Uh, NSCA has, has had, uh, for a number of years, uh, for the uh, Business Leadership uh, Conference, a, a session on succession plans, right? Whether that's you know selling outright to somebody else or, or how you, you, you successfully hand the reins over. How has, has, has Christy, and honestly, how, has, how have other companies done this so successfully? How much t- time and planning does it take to successfully you know, pass the baton to the next generation? Yeah, it it takes a lot of planning, and it, it and it goes back just not you know we're going to retire and, and so forth. It goes to a year or more, and really looking at um, that whole next gen side of things. I think we've all talked about it. The VIX is talking about it. NSCA is talking about it. How do you prepare the next generation of leaders within your organization in order to make that transition and look at and looking at that culture and so forth? And those are conversations we have a lot with our members and I think it starts there and then it starts into the business valuation side of things and um, you know how's your business set up Um, are you profitable those type of things I'm thinking more on the on the integrator side than the manufacturer side right now Um, but with that said uh, I think Brad mentioned bellwether regarding Christie and I kind of forgot about this until just now. Do you guys remember? I think it was an NSCA trade show, 06, 07 in Orlando when a uh, fire sprinkler uh, broke and it started oh, yeah. down on the, on the restaurant or excuse me, on the Christie uh, uh, um, booth. And then one of the greatest marketing things ever, they ran out and they got umbrellas and they draped everything with umbrellas and so forth. So, uh, um, I kind of forgot about that, and still someone said bellwether, and that popped into my head. <laughs> I'm just curious, why did bellwether? Never mind. I'm not. Never mind. <laughs> your your word association sometimes is is, is interesting, Mike. Well, you know, we'll, we'll have to talk about that at BLC, I guess. That's <laughs> all right. Uh, next, we're going to talk about Biamp and their three billion wireless mics. That's you. That's a B with a billion. Uh, at ISC last week, Biamp rolled out their integration with CrowdMics, the app that turns your smartphone, your, your smartphone, uh, into a microphone. Uh, we actually have a video of, of uh, Steve Greenblatt doing an interview about that on our ISC special coverage section. This idea of, quote, unquote, any phone being a microphone is interesting enough for Rashid and the team at Biamp to purchase the company last year. Software gives presenters the capability to regulate who can speak and when, so it's not an entire you know audience of, of open mics, which is a just a nightmare in general, uh, which is what I thought when I first saw the the, the original announcement. This is an interesting acquisition and it's an interesting in- integration. Um, Don, we're going to start with you on this from an audience engagement perspective. How innovative is this to to not only the app itself, which has been in, in you know available for a number of years but bringing that into the, the Biamp ecosystem? I think it's outstanding. It's amazing. Um, I first heard of, of crowd mics back in what, 2015, 2016, when they first came on the scene. And I was kind of a fan then. And I was still an integrator at the time. So, you know, it wasn't my call for end user things, but they've, it's one of those things you see them at Infocom or you hear about them at a show and it lives in the back of your mind. I call them back pocket companies because you got it in your back pocket as an integrator. And then one day a customer has a need and you go, bam, here's the company. 
that that's what they you know they they've been a back pocket company of mine since I first heard about them. I was just sort of waiting for them to mature a little, and since then, obviously, by Amp Bottom, I went to an end user, and I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled that this is a possibility. Not because I want to see the traditional microphones and, and traditional speaking systems go by the wayside, but in a large corporate environment, much like the one that I now work for, my corporate overlords, um, we have these events all the time. And we end up having to pull in staff to run around with the two little microphones or set up the two little things and have people coming in and out on the, you know, the aisles to try to talk or ask questions or just talk very loudly and anyone that's in, dialed in remotely can't hear. And then we also spend money corporately on apps that let you do polling and apps that let you do this and that. And the great thing about crowd mics is that they have polling built in. They let you use your own phone as a microphone. Like you said, the, the, the speaker can moderate and, and sort of, you know, it, it'll put our techs out of business running mics around and they will be delighted by that. And, you know, investment wise, I don't know what they're asking for it. I could see my company paying for it as, as long as security vets it. You know, th this is a phenomenal product and I'm so excited that Biamp bought crowd mics because we use Biamp and now hopefully we'll be using crowd mics, some of our bigger events. So, yay. Uh, Ren, from a, 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 a honestly, from a technological standpoint, what other consumer devices can we be can we see being incorporated into commercial AV spaces? Because let's be frank, they're taking a, they're taking a cell phone, right, or, or any sort of mobile device. I, I shouldn't limit it to a cell phone, but you know, in, in essence, that's what they're saying is you can take a cell phone and turn it into a microphone. What other devices are we going to be able to see? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so not to pull the curtain fully back on uh, Legrand's uh, R&D program. Oh, but, no, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not asking you for you to yeah. either of us in trouble here. <laughs> no, it, I think, you know, we're, we're big proponents of, you know, bring your own device and making everything as cohesive in the IT infrastructure as possible. And th this particular uh, thing that MyAmp's doing is really interesting, I think, because it takes AV down to the ground level, which I think is where we want to live a lot of the time. Uh, and it makes it just uh, consumer focused from the pro AV side because you're now able to do things that honestly, you know, like Don was saying, it's a back pocket technology, but literally it's your back pocket now because you are carrying your device with you into the session. One thing I was thinking about with this is we are going to end up having uh, some sort of new visual dynamic of if this does catch on in a lot of meetings, it's going to be, hello, I have a question for the uh, audience. So we're going to get used to people just holding their phone up like this, asking a question at these types of uh, events. Um, I, I'm always in favor of things like this because it's progressing technology and it's really making it accessible. The only thing that kind of swirls around in the back of my head is that scene in The Dark Knight um, where you see uh, Bruce Wayne has tied all the phones in Gotham City together in order to track the Joker. Yes. <laughs> so it's this, like Don was saying, a security uh, concern perhaps, that now everybody is connected on the same network, which we already are, but it just kind of puts that more in the front of your mind of, well, if I can do this and everyone else can do it, how connected are we at this point? That may be the first Dark Knight reference we've ever had on the 400 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Applaud you, sir. That was very well done. Uh, Mike, is this is this a trend? Um, AV manufacturers going after apps. 
Yeah, I, you know, as, as we were kind of chatting earlier, is this takes buy-amp beyond, you know, AV and beyond the market that we know and that we're all active. I, I think we'll, it will become a trend. I think more and more manufacturers will go after apps, go after other ways to, you know, that connects to these, these devices here. And um, it should be interesting. Brad, you're probably seeing it too on your side as well and when when you're working with folks yeah i like uh to be honest with you i don't i like the creativity of the of the of the solution i just like the fact that uh you know this type of technology exists and we'll see um how how it's actually used in the real world um i like that it's it's very ux focused it's how are people living with technology today how are they interacting with it and how can we bring that to bear on meeting solutions, presentation solutions, conference solutions? It's the melding of uh, the AV industry with the with the mobile technology world and 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 whatnot. And um, you know, I applaud creative uses of technology, and um, hopefully, this will uh, uh, create great meetings and collaboration for all sorts of end users. Well, Brad, talk about that for a second, the, the UX part, because you guys, for the second year in a row, have a class at, at Infocom uh, on, on, on design, right? Um, mm -hmm. So this takes the idea of the, the, the honestly, the, the consumer electronics design that a lot of AV integrators have been chasing, honestly, since the iPhone came out mm -hmm. and just says, here, it, it's, it is an iPhone, right? Or it is an Android phone. Um, you, you're already using it, so why not use it in your in your in your uh, in your consumer in your commercial AV uh, deployments? Well, uh, you know, I'm not saying that everything needs to be done through a phone, but it is recognizing the fact that it's a it's a it's it's part of our lives, and a lot of us uh, execute basic functions through a through a through an app these days. Um, I, I think the jury is out on all the things that we can do through our phone, whether you'll want to do them through your phone or whether you'll want to do them a different way, not just, you know, collaborating in meetings. Um, but we, we know that the iPhone especially is one of the great UX products. It's, it's one of these things that was really designed, um, not technology first, but how people work with technology first or how people interact with technology first. And, and that's, uh, that, that's everything about UX. I mean, uh, UX has been around the IT industry for years and, and web design, whatever, whatever. It's, it's really how people interact with technology. Um, so that's, that's critical to, to good AV design too. And, and, um, you know, as much as, uh, we talk about experience and, and starting with end users, it's something that Avixa and Infocom before it um, and all our volunteers have been teaching for years, which is to start with the, the end result and what people are trying to accomplish and work backwards from the end user so that you get the, the best result. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, lastly, we're gonna cover a, uh, a story from a buddy of ours, Josh Rego, writes in Commercial Integrator about discrepancies in service contracts. Uh, as we, we have a couple times when we've covered some of Josh's articles, uh, we remind folks that, that Josh is going to law school uh, and he, he long-time AV, uh, uh, AV professional and going back to law, law school uh, to become a lawyer and then hopefully uh, come back to the industry and, and maybe help us all out. Um, but uh, Shrigo starts off the piece with the, uh, the, the phrase that every AV contractor has encountered. Uh, that phrase, of course, is that the integrator is responsible for, quote, unquote, a complete and working system. Josh then goes on to say that in AV service contracts, that phrase may be unenforceable from a legal standpoint. 
point. Uh, Josh goes on to cite that the failure to include something in Section 274116 of the CSI, the Construction Specification Institute uh, specification, meant that it is not actually part of the AV service contracts and therefore not part of the system. Let me say that part again because I had to read that that paragraph about four times before I got that. <laughs> what Trego is saying is that if it's not in, in the section, the 274116, which uh, if you've never read a, a specification or, or a consultant spec, that's the section where your AV gear lives. If it's not in there, it's not part of the system. Um, Josh writes about either A, including um, missing items into your quote to keep getting business from the consultant that wrote it, or B, uh, and B, that that's a bad idea. Uh, in the end, he says, take note of anything missing from the equipment list and fill out your RF, your RFIs, your request for information. Um, there's a lot here, Mike. I will start with you on this. Um, the, 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 really, the crux of this is, number, is two parts. One of them is making sure that the, the integrators are, are protected, right? Uh, make sure that, the, that their, their systems are working and functional but that makes sure from a legal standpoint that they are also, that they're covered. What are the standards for replying to designs and replying to RFIs and, and, and filling out RFIs, filling out requests for information, whether that is to the consultant themselves or back to the client? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting. We, we, we have this conversation a lot when we start looking at contracts and, and uh, looking at the CSI master format and so forth. And, there's a lot of things in here that can get up and bite an integrator, right? When they're looking at things. Um, and so the, what I, what we try to do here at NSCA is just making sure that the processes for the integrator, right? That they've got their processes in place, looking at starting all the way from the RFQ and, and, and so forth, making sure everything's covered and going back. And we have tools and so forth to, to help them with that. Um, another thing we're, we're seeing are these business associate agreements and, uh, Don, I don't know if your organization that you work for has any, you know, has that part of the RFQs or, or, or the projects and so forth, but things that at the end of the day can take away from billable hours and things like that, that are part of the project. And those are starting to jump up into, you know, into contracts and those type of things as well. So, uh, Chuck Wilson, our executive director, and myself, we try our best to keep an eye on these and, and find ways to help integrators kind of work through this process. And it's, uh, there's a lot out there. Yeah. Uh, Ren, I know that Daylight, as well as a lot, a lot of manufacturers, have uh, CSI specifications that you know, deal with their specific products. Uh, but when it comes to the CSI spec specifically, you know, what are some of the, the, the standards that you guys have run into when dealing with your, with your clients, the integrators, when replying to to designs and and making sure that that you know the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed well we live at both ends of the spectrum as a manufacturer so we're living in the design process when it starts as well as at the end process when uh, the equipment is actually sourced so we try to get in as early as possible when we can and by doing that we do have to put in things like certain electrical codes or um certain details about what the projection screen can do, what type of gain it has as a projection surface, things like that. Those are essential and critical for us. And honestly, you know, from experience doing this for a pretty long time for daylight, even when we're put in as the basis of design for projects, uh, this happens with a lot of people, 
Um, we're at the, the whim or the mercy of addendums and oh, by the ways of projects. So, you know, things get switched out all the time. So this definition of a complete system is sometimes a little temporal in our opinion. When, when I heard you wanted to talk about this, the first thing that popped into my head was uh, the famous quote from the 1998 Clinton impeachment, which was, it depends on uh, what the definition of is is. <laughs> Because at, at the time, you know, the statement was there is nothing going on between us at, at, in that relationship. And that was correct. So here the word complete is kind of the same way. So what, what is the definition of complete? So not, not to legalize the whole group here, but I, that jumped to mind right away for me. <laughs> Ren, you have now brought us the Dark Knight and the Clinton impeachment. <laughs> Well, I, I got to do a hat trick or so something else. You, do, you, do, you deserve some sort of trophy, an award, or a gold star or something. I don't know. Uh, Brad, from, not just necessarily from, from a VIXA standpoint, because a VIXA, you guys represent a lot of folks in, in the AV industry. You represent consultants, you represent integrators, you represent manufacturers. All three of these folks and end users, obviously, with, with the Tech Manager Council, all of these entities have, have a stake in the CSI specs. Um, how do we get, you know, everybody at the table and kind of agree on, you know, as Ren says, what is, is? Wow. Um, big question. I, I, I mean, I'm both thankful uh, for, for people like what Josh is going to become, i.e. lawyers, um, and some days sad that we need to count on them to basically do what we should all be doing, which is communicating clearly about what our expectations are on projects and, and, uh, and we do it every day in life. I'm, I'm no lawyer, but I am a communications director and, uh, um, I, I know the value of getting everybody in a room and, and clearly defining, um, everything that you're talking about and, um, putting it in writing and, you know, outlining the expectations. So clearly in, in every, uh, AV, project all this documentation is critical and we we profess that and um you know we we teach our cts's all of that um and it's just more important now than it ever has been and it's it's i would love to say it's unique to our walk of life but it's all around us it's it really is clear you know clear expectations of uh what you're aiming for how you're going to accomplish it how you're going to define things um, and starting again at that end user and saying, what is it you want? I want a big screen. I want a big picture. I was like, okay, let's work from there and let's define what a big picture is and let's get it down and, and don't start with the technicals yet. I mean, eventually we'll have to say that it's going to be 4k or 8k or whatever it's going to be. Um, but let's just start with what the expectation is, what the actual real world experience is, and then work back from there. And it's just so critical to communicate it and to just always be talking um, and then document it. I mean, clearly you have to document it so that uh, at the end of the day, we can point to something and say, this is how you defined big picture. And this is, the, this is how you defined an immersive video conferencing experience. Um, this is what we delivered. Um, how do those two either match up or don't match up? And then um, when, when there's an argument, then um, the Joshes of the world will get involved and they will uh, mediate and, and lead us all to a successful conclusion. 
No, absolutely. Uh, Don, we'll end with you on this. Where can, can folks like you and, and Don again, she's currently a, a tech manager. She was an integrator for a number of years. So you, you know your stuff, right? You, you, you know your stuff when it comes to AV. You're also inside a company that's going to be hiring these folks. So let's, let's, I'm going to use a word. You're, you're, you're more of an advocate inside, right? So right. where can you insert yourself in this, in this chain? Well, part of it is since bringing me inside, I'm not just an advocate for AV, but in some ways I function as an internal consultant within the company. So, sorry, Josh, but I occasionally have used this phrase to say, (laughs) you know, integrator must provide a complete system because I'm not going to remember every single power supply and every single patch cord. You know, it's, you know, unless you're a design engineer and that's your job or a consultant, and that's your job, you're not going to remember all the little bits and pieces. That's where this sentence comes in and can be useful. Now, on the other hand, when I was an integrator and even as an end user, I hate this phrase because it's so easy to just shift the blame. So, you know, I don't know what other companies are doing. What I've taken to doing since starting here, when I write my SOWs, and granted, because we generally bid out our AV separate from the construction, we don't have to deal with master spec. It's just an AV SOW, just AV drawings, et cetera. But when we send out our specs, I, I include the evil sentence, you know, integrator must provide a complete functioning system. But I also specify, we want these main pieces from these main manufacturers installed and integrated to their standard. So, you know, if you're company A and this is how company A says to install it with these pieces, do it that way. I also have been asking or requiring all of our bidding integrators to adhere to, of course, NEC and all of the pertinent, you know, building codes, but also AVIXA standards regarding AV integration, Bixie standards, any applicable NSCA standards, you know, going through and, and as part of your due diligence and stuff that I used to push my owners when I was an integrator into doing is looking what standards are out there and where we as an integrator lack in those standards and following those standards and then improving it, raising that benchmark and saying, you have to pr- perform at this level or you're not going to get the work. Yeah. This level is minimum performance required and that includes providing a complete and functioning system to the standards of the industry standards, as well as the manufacturers suggested, you know, integration for this particular touch panel, for example, or video wall. So in that way, there, there is a place where the, the whole point of this article is don't ever use this horrible, unenforceable sentence. Not necessarily. There is a place for it, but you have to, like Brad said, communicate and spell out what you expect that to be. In our case, Bixie, Avixa, you know, yeah. CompTIA standards, those sorts of things, as well as if I provide a little line drawing and say, here's what I want the signal flow to look like, make the signal flow look like that. I know enough to do that, even if I don't remember every little end or cable that you need to include. You should know as the professional I'm paying to include that. So All right. that's That'll my be- soapbox. <laughs> No, no, you're fine. You're fine. That, but that would be a good place to end. Uh, thank you all so much. Ms. Dawn Mead, how do people find you? Well, you can find me, of course, here 
on avnation.tv, uh, occasionally cropping up on AV Week, but also hosting the AV Social Show with my dear friend and NSCA employee, Kelly Perkins. Uh, next week, if you're going to be at the PSNI Global Summit, I will be there and looking forward to seeing all of my AV friends that are there. And of course, you can always find me online on the Twitters and other places at AV Dawn or Dawn Mead. And I work for the big global military industrial complex at a company that shall remain nameless. So you can't find me there, but AV Dawn, that's always a good place to find me or AV nation. Yeah, absolutely. And actually if you, if you're, if you're not going to the, the PSNI uh, super summit, uh, you can uh, watch Dawn um, and me and a number of other us, of us as we uh, do a panel uh, on PSNI's uh, Facebook page. Actually, it's going to be where it's going to be streamed. So uh, Mr. Brad Grimes, thank you, sir. How do people find you and Oravixa? Uh, thanks, Tim. Uh, Avixa is avixa.org or at Avixa on the Twitters. Uh, I'm at, uh, wow, what am I? Uh, B Grimes DC Grimes on the DC. Twitters. <laughs> and uh, we've got a little show coming up in June uh, called Infocom. And uh, pretty soon you'll be able to register for that and, and start getting pumped up for that great show. Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Uh, Mr. Ren Taylor from Daylight. Thank you, sir. How do people find you or Daylight or LeGrand AV? Well, we are consolidating at this point to everything under LeGrand AV Brands for uh, Daylight Chief, Middle Atlantic Products, uh, Vadio, as well as some of the other uh, brands that have been part of LeGrand for a while, like Luxel. So uh, LeGrandAV.com is where you're going to find everything, including all the different brands there. My uh, email address, ren.taylor at LeGrand.com. And uh, just like Brad said, there's a show coming up in a couple of months. We are deep into it at this point. So we're excited about Infocom as well as uh, DSD coming up here in March. Yeah, DSD comes up uh, the last week of March. Uh, a bunch of us will be running out to, to Vegas for a couple of days. So I'll actually get to see right out there. So, uh, Mr. Mike Abernathy from NSCA, thank you, sir. Uh, how do people find you or NSCA? Yeah, so uh, NSCA, you can uh, find uh, the team and everything at BLC, Business and Leadership Conference, in two weeks in Tampa. So that starts the 27th of February here. So all of us will be there for a great event. Uh, but also M. Abernathy at NSCA.org and uh, as well as uh, NSCA at NSCA.org there. So uh, thanks, Tim. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yeah, we'll, we'll be in Tampa for that one as well. Uh, February is a bad month for, for being my kids. Let's just put it that way. Uh, <laughs> between ISC and the yeah, it's, it's it's an interesting month. Um, for me, for uh, Tim, uh, don't go follow me on the Twitters, but go by the website if you would, please. Avnation.tv. Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including our other weekly show, Resi Week, uh, which looks at the residential uh, side of the AV industry. Also, while you're there, you can check out our, our supporter section. These are the folks who support us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and ISC and Digital Signage Expo and Infocom when it comes around in June. Uh, so you check those folks out. Our Daylight is one of those, and we thank them for their support as well as, uh, as Christy and Byham. So we thank them. Also, while you're there, you can register for our next webinar. It happens March 20th on user-centric design. You sign up for one of our newsletters as well. All that and more at avnation.tv avnation.tv. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. Mm -hmm.